Welcome to Rosenballs. Down goes Brooklyn. Uh, I just want to, you know, give give a, a full episode to the pathetic demise of the Brooklyn Nets, the triumph of the Boston Celtics, and you know, does this change any trajectory thinking in the NBA and and all that, right? So, I, I do feel like we're coming at a positive crossroads in professional basketball, and I'll kind of give some historical context to this, right? So obviously starting out, right, in the 50s, you know, 60s, and, and uh, uh, I would say 50s and 60s, right, it, it was really about team basketball, okay? And, th- and that's the way it's supposed to be, by the way, right? It's five guys. How does our team beat yours? And that's a great, like, life lesson, right? That's the way we like professional sports to be. We want it to be about the team. Each role matters and all that, right? And, you know, Red Orbach and those Celtics proved it, right? Their best player was Bill Russell, who was not an offensive talent by any means, but he, he in, in, ensured, you know, toughness, strong team defense. And while Havlicek was probably the best offensive talent, you know, you had a lineup where really all five guys could beat you on offense. And, you know, defensively, they, they were strong as well, right? So, that's the story of the 60s. And the big lesson there was Russell beating Chamberlain, right? The team player, the team beating Chamberlain, who was the epitome of the individual. Okay? Uh, and then, you know, that really worked. They beat all the individual teams, right? You had teams that had high-usage guys like Cincinnati with Oscar Robertson, right? You had Nate Archibald, okay? Leading the league in scoring and assists. But guess what? It, uh, it did not matter. Because the team beats, the we beats the I. And you need, you need to build a good team. That's the story in the 60s. And then in the 70s, I think a couple things happened. So first, um, you know, the the Bucks draft uh, Lou Alcindor, who becomes, I think he's, at that point, like, you know, just a ridiculous talent in college basketball. Um, one of the best college basketball players ever, if not the best. They had a outlaw the dunk um, because of him. So he comes along and he really builds out like more individual basketball and, you know, leads, uh, the Bucks, you know, uh, deep into the playoffs for a few years. And the Bucks realize we can win a title here. And then they, they build the first ever super team, right? Before it was, before it was three guys, let's go two. And they go, well, what if we take Oscar Robertson and we, we pair him with, with Kareem and that team wins the title. And then the Lakers go, well, hold on a second. We can do that better than Milwaukee? Let's take the best individual cha- talent uh, over the course of the 50s and 60s, Will Chamberlain. I was paired with this individual talent that we had that couldn't get over the hump, Jerry West. And let's win our title. Boom. And then you start seeing, and by the way, I'm not going to, you know, the Knicks were also a great team. Obviously, there's other great teams besides the Celtics. But the Knicks are another good example of a team in the late 60s, early 70s uh, that was team basketball. But I think the, the Jabbar-Chamberlain, the pairing up, Wes Robertson, this, this is the start of the quote-unquote super team in the, uh, in the 70s. And obviously, you have some great teams. You have Portland, uh, and then you had a couple other ones, right? Then the 80s, team basketball kind of comes back. They kinda, there was iso ball with, with Jabbar-Chamberlain. It comes back, though, right, because of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, and those are, are team basketballs, uh, team basketball. But then... Obviously, with Jordan coming in as such a ridiculous individual talent, it goes away from team 
and then goes back to, well, hold on a second. We have such a transformable talent. Let's give him the ball and get the hell out of his way, which is the, you know, the that that's the antithesis of team. And it's very funny. The NBA keeps yo-yoing between team, ISO, team, ISO. And, you know, within a given time, teams do both, right, obviously. But it goes back. And then so the story goes. And then really, I'd say Jordan then obviously takes, you know, and I would say the Pistons were another great team more about the team than the eye, but the Bulls with Jordan takes uh, it to another level because he has such a transformable uh, individual talent. And then he takes it through the 90s, obviously, with, you know, a little uh, on here, which, you know, you can make an argument as that individual team. And then the super team then takes off again with the Lakers. They have to pair up with Shaq and Kobe. That's really more about two individuals and role players. I don't, I don't, I, when I say team, I mean, you have four or five guys that can beat you. You don't know who the big scorer is going to be in a given night. And then it becomes individual. I mean, the Spurs, I would say are a team, but there's San Antonio. They get a little lost within the dynasties. People forget about them within the, the mixture of dynasties in NBA history. Spurs war team though, but they don't get like, but people didn't copycat them. Let me, let me explain that. So it's only impactful if teams try to copycat you, right? Shaq and Kobe are so transformable that teams continually try to do that. They want to open up cap space uh, to get the individual talent, and they realize, hey, we need the individual talent to win a title. Or we need a top three pick. We need a tank. We have to get the individual talent to win a title. There's other ways to win. There's there's, there's building a good team. Detroit does that for a fluke year, or, or, or not, right? But they, they Detroit kind of does that one year, right, with Hamilton, Billups. And, and no one copies it which is the problem, people still go the individual route. And that leads to, you have a couple of, you know, situations here or there, very little 06 Dallas, maybe, um, or, you know, 2011 Dallas, rather. But for the most part, people are looking at this concept of just uh, individual, individual, individual. LeBron, obviously, I would say, spearheads that, even though he's a team player, he's a guy, you, you kind of watch him, and, and then you... you uh, you're not really playing off him if you're a player, right? Um, that's why guys like Kevin Love, Chris Bosh, were relegated to kind of off-the-ball talents with LeBron. You're not, um, you know, creating your own offense if LeBron's on your team. He's the guy that's creating. So that occurs, and then Golden State finally brings it back to team. Steve Kerr, right, uh, in 2015, rather, right? And they, they clobber the Cavs. You can talk about injuries in that series all you want. But that finally, you're like, okay, great. We're, we're, we're seeing a little more 80s style, which is better basketball, and it's better for the kids out there. And it's just um, – it's it's more fun to watch, let's just be honest, where, you know, guys can shoot, everyone can beat you, right? And again, like in, in NBA history, you had – you know, when the Lakers were an individual talent, the Kings were a team, Portland was a team. But the teams didn't beat the individuals, which was the problem. So what, what really – it's not who wins, it's who's influential. That's the key. So the Warriors looked like they were going to be influential. Okay, great. What happens? They lose in 2016 to the individual, LeBron, and then they freak out. And then they get Kevin Durant, and they teach the lesson, and it's a bad lesson for both Durant and the team. We're like, no, we need the individual to win. Team is not great enough. We're never going to beat the individual. And I think it was it was pathetic that Draymond Green called KD. It was even more pathetic that KD joined them, but fine. And then that little glimmer of hope of team basketball goes away. And Golden State, led by Kevin Durant, just clobbers everybody. Because that's just a grossly talented team. It's gross. 
because you're taking a 73 and 19 and you add a fucking MVP. What do you think is going to happen? It's absurd. So go to the park. You want to have a good time? Let's play a competitive game. No, no, no. I need to beat you 14 to 2. What are you talking about? So that that birth of Golden State leads to now, again, another generation of, of teams looking to clear cap, looking to now kind of go whale hunting and, and get these massive um, max guys, you know, and, and, and pair them up. And you have that Harden, Chris Paul pairing, and let's pair up our, our talents and all that, right? And Brooklyn was that team, right? Brooklyn did it to another gross degree. They got Harden, Irving, and Durant. And the beauty and the final and the hope here is not only did it not succeed, okay? Right? And there was other times, by the way, where we, we can mention, right? You had the, the Lakers in the mid-2010s when they tried to pair up an old Nash, uh, Howard, you know, Kobe, right, in there to, to make a run, and they, they, they lost in the first round. There was injuries, of course. You had, obviously, the 4 Lakers lost to the Pistons. They had him alone in, in GP. But this, this is a failure of epic proportions. Because Durant's at the top of his game, Kyrie's at the top of his game, and you had Harden. So the three, you have three. You have three prime stakes on your plate. And you couldn't get it done. And then they traded Harden, and they got, obviously, the rest of it. They still, they had two prime. They could have won a game, they got swept, and they got swept by the epitome of team. I think the Celtics in uh, in this series were really the epitome of team. And um, it, was, it was beautiful to watch, and it showed us that, yes, team could beat individual. Not only that, team could clobber individual, and you only, and, and to just, you know, make the point, hammer at home. Just look at the last few possessions of Game 1 in the series. By the way, the series, in, in retrospect, was decided in Game 1, right? I think Brooklyn never came back. They never played as well, rather, let's just say that, as they did in Game 1. Kyrie having an un, a spectacular game. And then KD, the rest of the series, a little passive uh, instead of, except for last night. Kyrie never played the same. They had to win Game 1. And you can see in the last few possessions, right? Kyrie's still playing hero ball. Look, throughout the game, in game one, he's hitting ridiculous shots. Looks like the individual is going to trump the team. But in the end, the team clamps down. They have a great defensive possession against the hero, i.e. KD, who takes a difficult shot, right, led by great team defense, which is what happens in a team. And again, like, you can't say, like, what about an individual with good team defense? Guys are human. Guys, girls, everybody. We're human, right? And if you're not involved on offense, you're not going to try as hard on defense, just psychologically. And it's working in a team environment, right? No one wants to play defense. Defense is annoying. If, if you work on a, on a team, okay, and you and everyone has like a, a a meaningful role in a project, let's say, right? Um, everyone's got a meaningful role. You know, you don't um, when 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 you have grunt work to do, people are going to be more amped to do the grunt work. They'll be like, you know, we'll get it done. Let's get it done, right? Whatever. But if you're working on a team environment, you have one guy doing all the meaningful work, the other one's just doing, you know, whatever, or feeling passive and not having a say, and they don't feel uh, empowered, then when it's time to do the grunt work, those people who you need to actually do the grunt work won't do the grunt work effectively. Their heart won't be in it, you know, it won't be great. You have to check it over more, there won't be 
loose mistakes and all that, right? Same thing happens in, in basketball. It's not it's not different, right? So if you're doing grunt work, i.e. playing defense, you know, as good as Bruce Brown's been, I mean, he was actually involved offensively. And, and sure, you have three and D guys. That's their specialty. But, like, you need the Kyrie, you know, you need everybody feeling like, let's do this together. And there's just a lot of that lack of team. And Boston's got it. And it's a kudos to the coaching staff and everything and, and a great lesson, right? So now what happens from here? What happens with both teams? Well, right now, Brooke, uh, Boston is, is, is favorites by, by a, a decent margin, by the way, to win the East. Do they deserve that? Um, yeah. I, I think, it, you know, home court's going to come up big against Milwaukee. I don't think Milwaukee's been playing particularly well against Chicago. So what's good is like Boston's already like revved up, right? They're like they're amped. They're like we just had the toughest opponent. We're we're ready now. We can beat any. You know they feel really really strong. And Milwaukee is like all right. Like Milwaukee's not going to be ready. So Boston's got to steal game one. Uh, it's not a steal. It's it's a home court game. But like they really got to win game one. There's they got to continue on the level. Milwaukee's got to take it up a level because if they play the same way they played against Chicago. It's not going to work, right? Now, look, they got the talent, obviously, but the the boss is going to beat them in, in, in players 4 through 11. And the key to the series is smart versus Drew Holiday. That's going to be big. But if Boston gets past that, I, I don't think they're going to have a problem with um, Philly or Miami. I think that's a five-game series. Eight you're getting cocky. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, flipping it to Brooklyn. So I think the Celtics are going to win the East. I think it's going to be guys. Book it. We talked about it before. Boston Golden State Finals. Book that shit. Book it. All right. Now, if you flip it to uh, Brooklyn, the bigger question for me is: Do you salvage? What do you do with Simmons? Okay. Now you can say like Aton. Like, there's no point in not keeping him. Right. Well, I can flip it the other way, right? Like, I'm going to throw you an idea. Let's say, because Brooklyn's missing a lot of pieces. They need a few players, not just one, a few. So, let's say I gave you, let's say Sacramento, who's, you know, maybe a one team that could take a risk. They deal Fox in a different deal, whatever. I'm not dealing with Fox for Simmons. I don't need to. But if I gave you Mitchell, Barnes, and Holmes, you're not doing that for Simmons? Three great complimentary pieces? You know, I, I mean, I feel like you need, if you're going to deal Simmons and you're Brooklyn, you don't need one player. You actually need, you, I think the lessons learned, right? You need two or three players. And, you know, that to me is going to be the, honestly, the big, the bigger piece. If they, um, whether they, uh, whether they realize that um, or, or not. And they might not. They might not, um, you know, realize that. But yeah, they definitely need. Oh, shit. A few pieces. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Brooklyn. But if I'm them, I, I don't. I mean, you got to see where Simmons is at. I mean, like, the, the weird thing with these guys is, like, they're binary assets. So either they're valuable. 
um, you know, or they're or they're not right. They're either like really have the potential to I can't see spot I can't tell nope it's not 